Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get down. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast where we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka Algorithm Thugs. I'll need hugs. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's probably the best aka you've had. No. No, I think so. I no, think so. absolutely not. I think but it's an iconic line from absolutely. a classic album. Absolutely. You put in work this week with your AKA. I Thank appreciate you, it. And I am Chris Mitchell, the other half of the Anonymous Nerds, and my AKA this week is Sir Pantalot. Explain. I went to Cambridge okay. last weekend and I had a really great ice cream, some good barbecue food, and I went punting. You really talk about ice cream like it's not like it's a Saturday, it's it's, it's hot. Of course no, you're gonna have ice cream. No, it's okay, put it this way, right? Hit I me. went and had ice cream from Italian folk. Okay? Gelato and that. That's what we call it. However, it's like me saying to you, you know, you've gone for West Indian food, you've had a patty. Or like curry and Indian food and that. Exactly. Well, like if you say to me you've had a patty from Asda, I'll be like, all right, cool. But if you went to the West Indian spot, it's different. Okay, okay, fine, fine. That's all I'm saying. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, thank you to all our listeners uh, for listening to our previous podcast. Um, thank you for leaving your reviews. You can also follow us on social, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Break the Atoms. And please to announce, it's a historic episode, Chris. Not only do we have our first guest, but we also get to pay some bills for the first time as well. Actual, real life bills. You know, I'm going to Kiev, so I need I need that money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your 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 bills are disgusting right now. <laughs> You're going to Kiev. You know, you might come back homeless. Some silly. You pay some silly. No, for real, for real. You pay some silly money. We well, all right. Another episode. Another episode. We we haven't got the time, but we've teamed up with Audible. Yes. Audible.co.uk to offer you guys a free book of your choosing. All you have to do. It's very simple. For a one month free trial and claim your first free audiobook. There's about 250,000, that's a quarter of a million books online that's that you can listen books. to. All you've got to do is register uh, at www.audible.co.uk forward slash break the atoms. So we, we've got our own hyperlink out here? Yes! Wow! So the 30 day free trial means you can choose a free audiobook. Uh, it's yours to keep whether you decide to either continue or cancel in the trial period. And you can listen to books like How to Be a Productivity Ninja or Getting Things Done by David Allen. So to take advantage, sign up at audible.co.uk forward slash break the atoms. So you talked about productivity. Yes. We are blessed to have a very, very, very special guest in the studio. Um, this, this, this story is quite crazy yeah if that's the best way to put it my history with this guy goes back many years i'm talking 20 25 years but it's one of those stories where he the the the, the, the lines don't quite intertwine at the places that we we thought they would intertwine if that makes any sense so i went to a primary school in northwest london called furnace primary school if you're listening to this and you're from furnace primary school make some noise i'll wait <laughs> okay so Back in Furness Primary School, I had a, a really close friend by the name of Leon Rose. And there were a few of us. Shout out to Ishmael, Daniel, G-Roy, Leon Baxter. Shout out to Zalon. And we had a little crew called The Posse, right? Original name. The, yeah, The Posse, right? <laughs> so Leon Rose was the de facto leader. Right. right. And I've said this before. If The Posse was Wu-Tang, mm. Leon was RZA. Okay, the head. Right? He was the head. Yeah, formed like Voltron. He was the head. Very fortunate to have Leon's younger brother in the studio with us today. 
we have Mr. Jazz Rose of JNC Education. Please welcome Mr. Jazz Rose to the Breaking Atoms podcast. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Oh, look, man, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's, we, we go back, man. Even though you don't remember <laughs> me, we do go back. So just for the benefit of the listeners, uh, Jazz's grandma used to live across the road from the school. And Leon, he was the Atari 2600 king. Wow. Right? You remember the, the controller with the one yes, red yes, button? Yes, yes. So Leon had all the games. I, rem- I remember one time he told me, you know, come over to the crib after school. We can exchange games. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to the promised land now. <laughs> right? So what, Leon, Leon had I, friends? <laughs> Leon, <laughs> shade. Leon, he's throwing shade. I, I, I like, I like I jazz. didn't I know. Like jazz. I like jazz. He's throwing shade, Leon. You, you know, you got you got to regulate your brother was sometimes. Free? I didn't know he had friends. But check, but check this out, though, Jazz. You told me come to the house, so I came over to, the, to to your grandma's house, and he had this game called Kung Fu Super Kicks, right? I didn't know. I hadn't heard of the game prior to that, but I knew the game was serious because it just had a silver sticker mm. on it. No mm. artwork, no graphics, bruv. Just Kung Fu Super Kicks. It was it was a Yeezus, lettering. It was a Yeezus Atari, bruv. I I thought it was a bootleg cartridge. Coming from where we're coming from. <laughs> Like, it wouldn't really surprise me if someone had a bootleg, do you know what I mean? Sure. But, yo, those are good memories. Um, It's good to have you here today. For sure. And um, it's just good to reconnect with you. Likewise, it's so good long. to be here, man. So let's talk. Give us a brief introduction into your history and your career and tell us what JNC Education is all about. So I founded JNC Education in 2004 to ensure that children receive an excellent and well-rounded education. I grew up in a... I grew up learning through football and learning a lot of my life skills through sport. And I grew up also learning a lot of my academic skills through school. And I just found that as I grew up and as I got older, a lot of the components that I learned from sport were transferable into the academic life. And a lot of the things that I was learning from an academic perspective were transferable into sport. And it was only sort of as I grew older and older, I realised more and more how much these things merged together and how important sport was in enabling me to do things like pass my GCSEs. And people that <clears throat> people that aren't connected with it so much might think, oh, that's crazy. How can football help you pass your GCSEs? But it's those connections. And I was one of them kids that I, for example, I, I, I did well in my GCSEs, right? But I didn't, um, I didn't do any work until I played football for at least an hour. Like, because if I, if I, if I went through to do like studying and all that sort of stuff at like six, seven, eight o'clock, my brain wouldn't function unless I'd release some of that kinesthetic energy. And it's understanding those four principles. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he's a, you're a football man. I was. was. I actually don't like football anymore. Why? As in, I don't like, as, as as in, as in, I don't like watching football on TV. Um, I I like the sport. I think it's a brilliant sport. It's a brilliant game. Um, I just think that there's some components that necessarily aren't for me, like in terms of the the, the, the negative cheering and all that sort of stuff. And I kind of don't like the fact that people... that people are habitually have to support a team and this sort of allegiance that people have from births, like you're my son, so you'll support this team. Well, it's like Bloods and Crimson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Same and you, have, and you have to support your local team, otherwise, mm. you're a failure. I sat on the train on the way home with some West Ham fans mm. um, recently, and uh, you know, these are fans who are talking about all the grounds they've been to. Right, so they're listing off and they were talking about how, how many grounds they haven't been to in the country. So I started talking to them and they started talking to me about, oh, you know, 
who do you support? Liverpool. Well, you're from London. You can't support Liverpool. So, well, I identify with Liverpool because of, you know, their history and what they stand for. That's why I support the team. Mm. Doesn't mean I don't support Brentford, who were my local team. Or, mm. you know, That's trash. Team. No, <laughs> leave the bees alone. Hey, man, I used to play for Brentford. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you see, and, and, you see? And, and yeah, I have to fall back. I have and to the fall work back. they did in the community, in our community, in these ends, was you, you can't put a price on that because they put a lot of people into football. They did a lot of free coaching uh, like on AstroTurf oh that's dope like they would just go on a Saturday and go right anyone who wants to play football and learn how to train and, and understand the just like how martial arts and the mechanics of how mm-hmm. that works and how that can did, help you Brentford did that a lot and did, DJ, did DJ Campbell play for them at one point he might have I think he was at QPR yeah he was yeah, he, which yeah. is not far from went to him, school with him yeah yeah but speaking about football and you know you're, you're now you know maybe not dislike but how you don't watch it as much anymore sure do speaking about productivity, we spend a lot of time watching twenty-two players mm. chasing after a leather ball. Mm. Yeah, and that, that I don't. <laughs> uh, that doesn't resonate with me. It's great for whoever wants to do that, but it just doesn't yeah. connect with me in the same way that it does with others. So let's talk about productivity. Um, Chris tells me you have some interesting views on how we're spending <laughs> our time. Yeah, he's, he, he's been he's he's been tight-lipped. Man, human uh, humans in this country, we're not productive humans wow just, like straight out the gate just yes. as a group we're just not we're not productive people we don't lead a productive we don't have a productive culture in our society is what i'm saying i'm not saying that every individual is not productive of course not i'm saying as a general consensus we don't have a productive culture that's a bold statement and you're going to need to clarify that for mm. us and the listeners what it, what is it about us that makes us unproductive well that's a good question. I mean, culturally, we spend... So I was listening to someone talk about this the other day and they were saying that we... And I don't know the facts on this, but they were saying something attuned to... In England, we are the hardest working, but the least productive. Um, you know, like internationally, um, in in Europe, a lot of people, they have a culture where they work much shorter hours, but actually they get a lot more stuff done. Um, and we have this mindset in this country that you have to start at a certain time and you have to finish at five, six o'clock. And people were just drilling out and people think that working longer is actually working smarter or getting better results. Actually, in many, many cases, it's not. And people are just like... People are just constantly talking to each other. People start work at eight o'clock, right? And they don't turn their computer on till quarter to nine. <laughs> like, like, this is not productive. Like, I don't get it. It's, it's weird to me. And coming from the sort of the drive and mentality that I've had, you know, I've sort of, um, I ran my business on my own for about nine years before I started employing people head office wise. Um, and it was just me and I would wake up at seven o'clock. So business would start at seven thirty as soon as I finished the shower and I would drill through everything that I needed to drill through until whatever time it needed to be done. And you know, it's break. I, I often break up my days, So I might finish, um, I might finish something at like four o'clock or whatever. And I might just hit the gym or whatever. And then, because that's my release and we'll talk about like tension release because I know that I don't, my brain doesn't function between about four o'clock and six o'clock. It just shuts down. And that's with a lot of people. So a lot of people be in the office till five o'clock. Actually, they don't start till, till an hour after they officially started and they actually finish work mentally two hours before they finish. So how is that productive? I'd... I- I want to yeah, you know what? <laughs> that that's actually very deep because I find 
that I do slow down. Yeah. Four or five o'clock. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, morning, morning time. People are like, once people get into their zone, it's rapid. Yes, and yes. and like, I I love being. Um, there's a thing called flow, right? Yeah. And the way that I like to work and the way that I. I educate others to work is to work in a space of flow. Some people call it sprints, right? Have you heard of sprints before? Yes, yeah, sprints. Well, I do, I, we do sprints. Yeah, absolutely. And that means you just go hard on a certain task or a group of tasks yeah. for a certain period of time, whether yeah. that be 45 minutes, an hour, head down, focus mode, like you're like playing the championship final and you can't think about anything else, right? And then you just break. 10 minutes, whatever, 15 minutes, and then you come back and you go, right, what's the next big task that I need to knock out and I need to complete? It's prioritising those tasks, understanding how long it will take or estimating those the, the, the time and effort it will take and yeah. then completing them within a set period. That's, yeah. Those are what sprints are, basically. Yeah. One, of, one of the questions that I ask when I when I interview people in the head office is how do you prioritise tasks or like in a certain way attuned to what it is that the role or function that they're doing? And the answers that people just generally give is just for want of a better word, just useless. You actually sound disgusted. Yeah, you no, do. No, it's useless. The thing is, it's not their fault. It's a social thing. We've been trained to just be unproductive. How do you prioritise tasks? Oh, well, you know, I just put things in my calendar. That's not prioritisation. <laughs> That's just putting things in a, in a calendar. Like, how do you prioritise this? I use Evernote. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> What I've noticed, though, especially in in the digital era, you have a lot of people, like on social media, you know, I'm I'm heading to this meeting, or they'll take, oh, I've got so many things on today, and they'll take a picture of them at a particular location, putting in work, grinding and whatnot. And I think we're in a culture where everybody's just busy. Mm. I I ask people, how you doing? How's life? Oh, you know, I'm either tired or I'm busy. Oh, man. It's interchangeable. Right. So could you explain, in your own words... What is the difference between being productive against being busy? What are the differences and what are the similarities and do they conflict with each other? Well, being busy is time sensitive, right? Being productive is effectively producing value. To be productive is to produce value, is to produce an end result. So as a as a person that's doing something what is the end result that you want to achieve what is the outcome that needs to happen as a as a as an outcome of this sprint or this focused task that I'm doing yeah. um I I tapped my colleague on on the shoulder the other day and I said mate do you need to be in this meeting and he went no I don't think so I said go next door and make some money right. <laughs> in, that, in that respect he's not being productive he's just being busy he just, just, to be, just to be seen to be busy he's just being busy and and again it's not not his fault it, it's called to be in a meeting, but he just didn't have, just didn't need to be there. So, but this happens a lot in meetings. People are always in meetings that they don't need to be in. So one of the things that 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 I do now, like before the meeting starts, and I was wrong on the schedule because I didn't do it. But like before the meeting, do you, does everyone need to be in this meeting? Because if not, go make some money. Yeah, <laughs> go, go, go do something productive. I think a lot of people it happens in a lot of workplaces. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily restricted to certain uh, industries within in the workplace. It could be entertainment. It could be sport. It could be anything, right? Absolutely. And it happens quite a lot. Maybe is I don't know. Is is it is it because we have a rigidity to if that's a word. Um, if it's not know, a word, it should be. Yeah, rigidity. Mm-hmm. Is it because the rigid nature of this nine to five that we feel we have to just seem to fill up the time with anything we can do to... Is that why we're like this? Is this why we're in meetings that we don't need to be in just to pass the time? 
big time. And I think, it, and again, it's a cultural thing. And it's really about looking at what is the urgent task? What is the important task? What is the, uh, what is the essential task? What is the procedural task? So like, I, I always, cat, when I'm sort of feeling overwhelmed or whatever, I always categorise these things into four separate tasks. Is it urgent? Is it important? Is it essential? Or is it procedural? Right. And then based upon that, that's how I then prioritise what needs to be done and what needs to be done at a later date. And then essentially I just shift it throughout the week. So if something is important today and I don't get it, um, something is important today and I don't get it done today, tomorrow it becomes absolutely urgent. Right, right, right. And you just shift it across the quadrant. So that way you never feel overwhelmed or like you're not getting things done. And email is something that I want to talk to you about as well because that's a, that's, a, that's, a that's a big one, man. People, people are addicted to email. Let's do it. Let's and do it. I hate it. Like, <laughs> no, I don't hate email. Let me take that back. But I hate people. I hate when people are just so addicted to this email thing. And it's like, we'll be in a meeting and somebody's email will pop up. I'm like, what are you doing with a pop up on your email? You are not admin. If you're admin or you're a PA or something like that, where email is integral to what you do, this conversation is not for you. But what I'm saying is 90% of people who don't have into email as integral to their work, Get away from it because it's unproductive. You're constantly reacting to what other people need from you as opposed to putting that email on block. So sometimes I, like if I'm I don't I don't really get a lot of emails anymore, fortunately. So um because I've trained people, don't email me. Like <laughs> no, not in in a nice way, but but I don't get a lot of emails. But when I did, I used to just open it and then put it on block so that emails can't come through for a certain amount of time because I need to send these six emails to these six people or whatever that number is. And then once I've done that, then I can open my email so, so everything's come through at once so then I can go into email mode and actually focus on clearing those emails or responding in the best and most productive way that's very interesting I never thought of it like that yeah like, I never thought of it like that that's, what, you're, that always rea- you're always you, reacting you, you have that thing that goes ping 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 you yeah. have an email you have an email coupled with our sense of entitlement when it comes to sending messages just in general we're expecting a response yeah. Oh, when man. you add that into the source, and if, if, if you're, if, as we're talking about the workplace, you have to be, you have to respond to an email. Oh man, no, you, it's, you don't get a prize for being first to respond. My colleague said to me yesterday, "You didn't respond to my email." I said, "Yeah, when did you send it?" She went yesterday. I said, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I'm co- Listen, the people send me emails, and then, like, I'll see the email come through. Then they'll come to my desk. Well, I'll just send you an email. But do you know what? <laughs> But but that's the thing. You shouldn't even see it. Yeah. A lot, not, and I don't mean that in a in a one to one sort of perspective. But a lot of the time, people are seeing these emails. Yeah. And what we've got to remember is that our mind has a, has, and I don't want to get scientific about this, but our mind has a certain amount of space. Like right. you have a certain amount of yeah. It's like a computer, right? You can't store so much. So if you're writing an uh, if you're writing an article or you're doing something productive or functional, you're writing a contract or whatever it is, and you've got something coming through and it goes oh da 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 da, and you're like oh let me check that. That's taking your mind off it, and then it's taking your your mind space away so that you can't be productive. And there's there's quotes and statistics that say that once you skew off task, it takes you like three or four minutes to get back on task, back into focus mode on what you were actually doing. So it's all of that that is just like compounding, and that compounded over time, that ping 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 mentality. It's killing people. Yeah, you, if you do three... Do you know what? I think that would be a great title for this ping, 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 That yeah. ping, ping, ping mentality. <laughs> it's, it's, it's killing people! It's killing people! So, okay. How do we... What's the most effective ways to measure productivity? 
Ah, great question. So I love to do a do a time audit. That is one of the most critical things that you can do is to do a time audit on your time. Every day from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, what is it that you are actually doing? And then record those times. And I've done this many of times. I do it like once every six months yeah. um, because my roles are like constantly changing. And I go, right, what is that I'm spending so much of my time on? And then you realize, actually, I'm spending 20% of my time doing stuff that doesn't add value um, or that doesn't produce results. So you have to really hone in and focus on what what you're spending your time on. And you can do that as a life thing in general, like between time you wake up and time you go to bed, or you can do that as a work thing. And just do a time audit. Please, I would, I would pursue everybody to, to do Every just that. Months. So whenever you're feeling whenever you're feeling overwhelmed or whenever you're switching like a duties within with within your within your work or whenever you're feeling like like for example, like if you if someone says to you that, hey, I sent you an email a couple of weeks ago, but you didn't respond. And then you have to go back to find where that email was or something like that. That means you're probably unproductive in some way. And you need to do a time audit because you're not functioning. Like my colleague and my colleague, he he is brilliant. He's a mastermind, right? And I, I need to get him just to turn off that ping, ping, ping thing on his emails. <laughs> because... Unless he perceives it as important, it doesn't respond unless you remind him to respond. I'm like, no, 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 this is the way that it operates. And when you start to take control over what you're listening to, and I don't mean that in, a, in, a, in an audio sense, I mean that in terms of what is being received from other people and what is taking up your attention, when you start to control that, you can attack the conversation as opposed to react to it. And when you're reacting to it, if you're trying to like dodge a hundred balls at once, there's only a certain amount that you're gonna be able to catch. But if you go, actually, I'm just gonna catch these five balls right here and I'm gonna place them over here and then I'm gonna turn that email off <laughs> for two hours yeah. and then I'm gonna come back onto it. So it's a really good skill as well as a time audit. It's to just turn, like block, shit, like block your emails. I call it blockchain, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't say laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazz got, got money on his mind. He's, he's yeah, making a move. If you yeah. like block your, block, blockchain your emails, right, to certain times, so morning, afternoon, end of the day, or whatever it is, whatever your comfortable, comfortability is, then do that. Like if it's eight to nine, you're going to clear your emails and then 11 to 12, you're going to clear your emails and then four to five, you're going to clear your emails. Brilliant. And guess what? People get used to it. People go, oh, I'll tell you what, if I sent that guy an email at 12 o'clock, he'd probably get back to me by four. Mm. It'll probably get back to me within 24 hours. People just get used to your email flow. And that's why like my team, they know that if they send me an email, like now, for example, they know I'll, uh, if it's important, I'll get them back to them by the end of tomorrow. I am not picking it up tomorrow morning. I'm just not. Yeah. If it's important, they will pick up the phone and phone me. Do you know what this, this conversation... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know what, yeah, you know, but I just get used you know, to it. You no, know, you know when they say your mind has been illuminated? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm, I'm... That's, that's the ring of the buzzer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are we, are we going to become like the, it's, the it's, unprofessional, no, professional podcast? We, we, we keep going. We no, keep let's, going. let's keep rolling. We keep going. Let's this, keep rolling. We just keep going. So, so yeah, like, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to implement that into my personal life. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to do that too at work. I'm going to try that. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's quite interesting the way in which we do that time order because... I'm listening to you is just bringing up all these experiences mm. at work where I'm going, yeah, I was doing this. I get interrupted by here and then I lose my flow. Yeah. And is that then it takes me time. And then I have to walk away from my desk, 
like almost compose myself, like go for a walk or walk yeah. around the office, stretch my legs, yeah. and then come back and then I'm focused. Yeah. But is that going to work for what we do? Because we both work in marketing where we've got to be... Oh, brilliant. Love it. So everyone's got this thing, right, where I work in this fast-paced environment and I have to do a hundred of things at once. And actually, you don't because it's better, to, it's better to do one thing at a time and do it really well as opposed to try and do five, five, five different things at the same time. So there's a... And there's a there's a common thread about multitasking, and people. Some people say you should never multitask, and other people say you should always multitask, and you can get more done. Well, the fact is, is that there's two types of focus mode that you should that you people are typically in. Right, you're either in focus or you're out of focus. Right, and if you're in focus, you can't do anything else. You do one thing at a time. So I have like a one of the greatest productivity techniques that I applied, right, is when I was doing um, certain tasks. I used to get post-it notes, right? Mm. And I used to put a post-it note across the front of my computer screen throughout the day. So I'd drill down all of the so 10 tasks I've got to do and then I'll put them all on a post-it note. And then I'll go, right, which is the order of importance of these tasks? Which is urgent? Which is boom, 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 boom. Which is important? Which is essential? Which is procedural? And then I'll put the important ones in a certain color at the front and then I'll time time it. Time framing stuff is so powerful, and it's so much like it's so much more productive than a to do list. I hate those things. What is a to do list? This is stuff that you have to do. This is boring. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't create urgency. It doesn't create anything important in the mind. So we create. So I create like a post it note. Put eight to nine. I'm going to do that. Nine to ten. I'm going to do that. Ten to eleven. I'm going to do that. Eleven to twelve. I'm going to do that. And you just drill it through. And that allows you then to focus. And then as soon as the task is done, rip it up, put it in the bin. Forget about it. It's done. It's over. As opposed to crossing it out because then it's still, to some level or degree, it's still in your mind, right? right. So once you've crossed it out and you've done it, you've binned it, that's it. It's done. It's gone. There's something psychological about throwing something away in the bin. Mm. And, there's, mind. and there's also something psychological about timing it because if you know you've got to get something done by 10 o'clock, the likelihood of you getting it done by that time is so much quicker. And it's not like a, it's not a restrictive thing. It's not like say, okay, if you get it done at 10.05, somebody's going to die. That's not the case. What you realise is that, okay, cool, I'm a little bit over time, which is fine because I know my next task is going to take me about 45 minutes, but I've given myself an hour. And that allows you to have your little your little bathroom breaks or those interrupting phone calls or whatever. Phone calls is another big one, isn't it? Oh my word! I had to train my team on this. This is brilliant. I told you he was passionate. Do you know what? Phone calls. People are constantly being interrupted by phone calls, and I just don't get it. Like you're constantly like reacting to stuff. Like take your phone calls and make your phone calls at a certain time. So on that post-it note thing, right? I might go four to five respond to all calls and five to six make all the calls the priority calls that i've got to make yeah. so then basically i just end the day at four o'clock with like four or five voicemail messages and go okay four f between four and five i'm going to contact these people because in my industry i know that's when they're going to be available right. and i know that's when i'm available because i'm giving now my time to phone calling i'm not in the middle of a deep, intense, focused task at three o'clock in the afternoon, focused and honed in on something and then being interrupted by a phone call. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that's not to say there are caveats to it. There are certain urgent calls that are going to come in that are going to interrupt your day. And that's where you, you like, if it's a 45 minute task or a half an hour task, schedule it for an hour. So give yourself that breathing space so that you don't feel like you're constantly behind the grain. Um, and, and that's how you can really leverage your productivity. This conversation is reminding me of those people 
who like to screenshot on social media, mm. like their phone, mm. and you will see in their on their mail email account will say like one thousand unread emails, <laughs> or like or like or like those they, people, those people. Are you know when they screenshot when they screenshot their messages, and mm-hmm. in the corner you'll see like fifty unread Facebook Messenger messages. Mm. So trash. They are trash. Yeah. They should be cancelled. It's unproductive. It is unproductive. Can we cancel them? <laughs> Can we cancel them? They cancelled. Cancelled them. Cancelled. Like we, we, we're all cancelled, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just let you know, I'm cancelled. Chris is cancelled. You are not cancelled, right? Because you, we can't cancel you. Because then, where would what would you? <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> but speaking of social, how has that kind of impacted our productivity? I, I think I spend a lot of my time when I'm on the train to and from work mm. on my phone on social media, reading articles, when actually I could be probably doing something more productive than looking at what Chris is doing in his life. Well, it's... it's, it's uh, <laughs> a. Chris is very entertaining. <laughs> but it's, it's, a two, it's a two-fold conversation. And the first thing is that it really depends on what you're doing on social media and what you're doing it for. Right. If you're doing it for business purposes or for leverage purposes or for understanding and knowledge purposes then it's great. So <laughs> one of my one of my colleagues said I hate Instagram. It's always people half naked on half naked showing off their body. I'm like, well, "Who are you following?" Right. Right. So um you know, it depends it depends who you're following and what you're doing it for. If you're following like Brian Tracy and Grant Cardone, it's a totally different conversation that you're listening to. And actually it's one of those gurus in America, it's like sales professionals and whatnot. Yeah. Um so if you're like like a yeah, like a like a, like you would say Gary Vee's a gotcha, great, gotcha. right. So he's one of those people, right? So all these if you listen to like a lot of productivity people, then actually that might be productive for you. But I think the main thing with social media is understanding how it's consuming your mind. And it's exactly the same with everything that you're doing. So whether it be social media or music or television or all of these like like antidotes and, and mind shifters, it's understanding what am I doing this for? What is the purpose of me doing this? If it's to seek information or to find out something new or innovative or whatever, because there's sometimes that I've been looking at social media, or many times actually I've been looking at social media, and I've found great ideas. Mm-hmm. Like people say, oh, never check your phone in the morning. You know, it's, uh, it's going to take away your energy and all that. And for certain people, that's going to be true. But for others, like if I'm following like lots of inspirational people, which I am, Actually, that might give me an idea that might spark something in my Monday morning meeting that's actually gonna that's actually gonna increase our productivity tenfold. Because I might listen to you know Brian Tracy or whoever it might be, might pop up a video and say, You should do this and you should have your meetings this way. And have you considered walking in the meeting as opposed to sitting down? Oh my god, that's a good idea. Let me do that right now. Do you understand? So it really and it really depends with social media, um, how you're using it and what you're using it for. I think the biggest takeaways that I would that I that I would enforce here is are you observing social media or is social media observing you so uh, are you <laughs> is it is it pulling away your time and are you aware of what it is that you're doing so i got so people would like often say to me that you're on social media a lot mm. right i'm very aware of what it's doing and i'm very very comfortable not going on it for for a week and i'm very comfortable drilling through because I'm pushing stuff out in order to pursue a certain agenda. 
That's what you use it for. We, we've had this conversation on the podcast. Me and Chris had this conversation on the podcast uh, numerous times about... People think we hate social media, bro. We, we, they, well, fuck them. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm the potty mouth of the South. Uh, if you don't know, Jeff. I get it. I get it. So I'm learning. It, it just happens. Um, but we've had this conversation. So in marketing, I do digital marketing. So part of that has been social. Um, everything I learned about digital marketing started from social media. So I, I can switch off from it. Mm-hmm. I'm able to go. I won't. You won't see me on Facebook for a month. You 100%. won't see me on Instagram for two months without posting a picture. And if mm-hmm. I do post anything on any of these platforms, it's to probably promote the podcast, which I haven't really done in the last few weeks as well because I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> same, same here. It's trash. <laughs> it's trash. Cancelled. Yeah, podcast. Your breaking atoms is cancelled, bro. Cancelled. Trash. But uh, the reason why I do that. And the reason why I switch off is because I want to also enjoy what, I, what to me is I want to enjoy my life, mm. right? I want to enjoy my life in the burbs with mm-hmm. my wife and peace and quiet. And in the upside down. Yeah, in the upside down world. Mm-hmm. Now, how can one, we live in a very social media driven world. How can one enjoy their life without sacrificing their productivity? How can you enjoy your life without sacrificing your productivity? Do what you want. Yeah. Do what you want. And really, it's about being aware of what it is that you're doing and do what it is that is, <clears throat> A, what it is that you want to do and what is going to make you most productive throughout that day. So I, like a while ago, I brought together a value system. So I did a time audit on myself, right? And I was like, what do I actually spend my time on throughout the day? And this was a life audit. And I just realized that I basically blocked it into four different groups, family, fun, Finance and fitness. Yo, Jazz, you're too deep, you know. That's all I do. Compartmentalize everything. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is this is this is deep. This is deep. The reason I ask is because there's there's plenty procrastinators out there. Yeah. Right. I don't know them. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They ain't my friends. (laughs) You see, you hear hear how bold I was. I don't know them. You know, you know, procrastination. If it was, if it was a person, it'd be its arch enemy. (laughs) (laughs) But, but again, talk about procrastination, right? Just to curl it back a little bit to where we were before. So, as I said to you, I didn't. I didn't um, do any work until I played football for for an hour or two, or did some sort of physical activity. And it's the and it's the same. It's the same now. Like as I say, I break up the day and do some sort of physical activity. So that avoids me and that prevents me from procrastinating. So it's either I go out or you go out and release that energy. And you know, like I'm, I like I like being fit, right? So that's a release for me. Other people, it might be food. Other people, it might be phone calls with friends. Other people, it might be chilling at home with your grandma. Whatever it is that makes you comfortable and like refocuses your mind, do that as opposed to being, as opposed to just procrastinating and not getting stuff done. So if you're going to spend time with your grandma and you're going to go, right, I'm going to spend approximately a few hours with my grandma and then I'm just going to zone in and focus on work because then it it brings in those endorphins that make you feel happy. So whatever it is that makes you feel happy, it's been, actually, I'm going to nail that task now. I'm going to actually get that done. And whether that be, whether your comfortability is doing that at four o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the afternoon or nine o'clock at night or whatever it is, whatever you're comfortable with, do that. Sleep. How important is sleep for productivity? Because we had this conversation in the last episode. Yeah. So a lot of people are team... Was it team no sleep? Yeah, team no sleep. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, team like, no sleep. Like, you know those people who have to make trash. a point that they haven't slept. But you see, he said trash. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Trash. Yes. Like you, have to, you, like, you have to sleep. And again, like, I think... 
I think a lot of what these motivational speakers and stuff like that talk about, it's relevant to certain people and you have to you have to take it for what it is and understand its relevance to certain audiences. Like people who are just lazy, like they need to be told, hey man, you got to work 24 hours because that's what's going to give them the impetus that they need to actually move. For most people or for, for people like me, um, you know, you you have to sleep. You have to rest in order to be productive. How much you rest and how much you train yourself to rest is up to you. And it, ultimately, it comes back to your value system. So when I speak about those four values of family, finance, fun, and fitness, I spend less than 5% of my time doing anything that's outside of those things. And when I say 5%, people are like, well, why don't you just spend 0%? Because sometimes I've got to wash up, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it just... <laughs> sometimes I've got to wash up, right? Like... And there's there's things that 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 happen in life that like and I just call it the five percent thing like just minimize the stuff that you don't want to do yeah and you know people would be like well I'm and put this podcast on five percent huh I gotta put this podcast on five percent I just don't want to work with this dude anymore me yeah what do yeah, I, I do I'm, putting, I'm cancelling you bro I'm already cancelled you're, you're in my five percent. <laughs> Things I, say, I, Things I don't want to do, people I don't want to see. Add your name to this. Five percent should probably be the maximum. Probably try and minimize it to like two percent. Wow. Yeah, like, you're one percent, bro. 1%. Yeah, 1%. So one thing, one thing, one thing I would, I'd implore people to do is to think about what are their four to six values and or three to six values, and like frame your lifestyle and everything that you're doing around that. So you notice that I put fun in there, right? Yeah. So people be like, oh, but you're out partying. Like, how can you call yourself being productive? Man, this is releasing endorphins so that when I go into work on Monday morning, I am driving and I am fully focused. Mm. So everything is like cyclical. You I'm see, now, now I can um, tell people, this is why I play Mario Kart so much because it relaxes me. Mm-hmm. This is fun. This is why I watch wrestling so much for like 10 hours a day because no, this is fun. No, no, no. Don't, don't <laughs> use it. Don't start using it now. <laughs> right. No. Don't, that's no, right. not productive. But remember when I spoke to you the other day and I said I, I play Mario Kart because it relaxes me. Yeah. People don't understand that part. Like, well, yeah. It relaxes me. I have a lot, half an hour blast and it, it yeah. relaxes me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm good to go now. I'm the same. Yeah. FIFA on a, on a Friday night or on a weekend is therapeutic. Mm. We, we make it the shit out of people online. Yeah. But it's therapeutic. So I play with yeah. my friends. We talk. We discuss politics. We we do everything. Yeah. But ultimately, the the, the action of playing is actually therapy. I played it last so, night. I won a cup. It was just the, it's easy, the, but it made me feel good. Went sleep. I had less sleep than I had the day before, but felt more fresh and more productive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I suppose the biggest. I suppose the the biggest thing with stuff like that is making sure that you're controlling the time and that the time is not controlling you. So the people that are addicted to it and are spending, they go, oh, I'm only going to spend it for an hour and they're actually on it for five hours. That's unproductive because you haven't planned to do that. Right. You haven't you haven't scheduled to do that. You haven't scheduled that as the fun part of your day, mister. Mm-hmm. Right? Or missus. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, if you... Or, or if you, Chris, if you know. Or Chris, Chris. yeah. <laughs> I like I like sending for you and we have guests that you know. It's no, it's cool, man. It's, it's cool because I just send to you in real life. Wow. <laughs> pain. This is only an hour. Pain. It's pain. Pain. This is only an hour, man. You can have your bubble, Bass. man. It's cool. Bass. Cool. <laughs> cool. I'm confident. Shout out to Big Nasty. No, I'm, I'm, I'm enlightened. I love, I love this episode. I said earlier this is a historic uh, episode because we have a first guest and Audible. Am I your first guest? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you're our very first a, guest in the history of the world on, on Breaking Atoms. I feel, I feel very a, privileged. Yeah, and I feel like, and I'm going to do this because, you know, I love my own podcast. It's just us two listening to this podcast anyway. But, um, 
I have you not seen the reviews? No. Um, <laughs> they're all fake. I bought them. Um, I don't say that. No, I'm joking. But um, I feel this is going to be like a realignment episode. So at some point in the future, there'll be a time where me, I'm only speaking myself here, uh, I'm not going to audit my time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be all over the place. And I'm going to listen to this episode listen to what Jazz said mm. and then go, right, this is what I need to do again. Because mm. from time to time, you've got to kind of realign your chi, your energy, but also realign your goals. And then I feel this is one of those episodes where I'm going to always go back and go, damn, let me let me do that. Mm. Let me go realign myself and get back to it. It'll be a reference piece. Yes. I've got a question. Yeah. Why do people always complain that they're busy and they're too busy to do stuff? So you get people that go, I'm d- like, ah, oh, like, you say to people, oh, come on, let's take the kids out and whatnot. They go, oh, I can't. I'm too busy. I'm cooking dinner. You what? <laughs> you what? I'm too busy. I'm cleaning the house. You what? Is it, do you feel that's like a, it's an excuse because they don't actually want to do what they're, what they're being asked of them? Direct answer, no. Okay. I, and that, that, while that does play a part in it, I think the overarching thing is that People are so habitual in their mindset and we adopt a very fixed mindset. So if grandma used, used to cook and clean every Sunday from nine o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening, that's what auntie's going to do. And that's what my, it's a very habitual thing. And it's drilled down through generations. But what we've got to realise is that we've got technology now and we've got access to things that our grandparents and our parents didn't actually have. Like cleaners. You see, like we spoke cleaners! about it. We spoke about it. We spoke about, I got a cleaner now, Listen, bro. you need what? that in your life. You know how clean they make the it's house. A, it's a game changer, bro. Listen. Hold tight, Michaela. What are you saying? 20 pounds for two hours? No, we'll talk after this. I got, listen, listen, listen. Listen. So hold on. You so, just straight snitched on your cleaner. <laughs> I shouted her out. You dry snitching on your cleaner. I'm shouting her right. out. What if she told someone else it was more? I didn't agree to what he said and I didn't say her rate. So part of being productive is being a good listener, Summit. So yeah, I said to to someone the other day, like, let's take the kids out. And she was like, oh, I'm cleaning the house. I'm like, get a cleaner. She's like, oh, only big people like you can have a cleaner. I said, no, no, no. It's actually 20 quid. And people really got to start to... um, So if if you ask 100 people, right... What is it that you earn per hour? The amount of people, what's the percentage of people that are going to come back to you with an answer within 10 seconds? Hi. You'd say hi? No. Let me ask you the question again. Think about it. Think about it. So if you, if you put a hundred, if you have put a hundred people in a room and you said to them, what, it, what, it, what do you earn per hour? They, oh, then, oh, in, in public, they're not going to, yeah. They won't, they, but I don't think they'd know. They don't know. They know, they know, they know their salary. salary, but they wouldn't know no. their hourly oh, rate. They won't know okay, their hourly fine, rate. Fine, fine. Because they, they, people don't drill down to it. And, and it's like, if you make £20 an hour, it's worth you spending that 20... It's worth you spending that hour doing something productive with it and paying somebody else £10 to do something less productive. And then you can get the higher value focus task done. Yes, yeah, especially at our level. If you work at Tesco or something like that, or retail, you'll know. Who works at Tesco? Me. Because <laughs> yeah, you put in your finger at me. I'm, I'm like, yo, fam. Yo, fam. But, it, but, it, but even if you work at Tesco, no disrespect, it's the same value chain, right? So the supervisors are going to focus on higher value tasks than the cash out people. And it's the same. It's a chain. People are going to focus. And you pass on the, the, the less focused tasks to more junior people and then when people become people come away from being junior and then they progress to the senior role and then they 
they pass it to the next person. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. And people need to understand the value of their time so that they can appropriate it and spend things and spend their time on things that are maximizing their productivity and moving them forward towards what they want to do. You are actually a prophet because the last question we had Mm. was about the value of time. Yes. And you've just answered the question without even being asked. And also I use the word cyclical. Some smart. There's some big, some big <laughs> some big words used in this episode. Episode we had um cyclical rigidity. Rigidity. I mean, um, a new word in that. What did you say? Uh, you said you said uh, impetus. Mm. Impetus. Oh. Yeah. Man, man has that impetus still. I it? was the vocab king until jazz came what? in. No, why can't we like we should we should do these kind of fun sketches where we use big words and like yeah, man is impetus still. <laughs> Man's moving rambunctious out here. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, man fell off that rigidity still, isn't it? <laughs> well, jazz. In closing, give me or don't, give the listeners three quick, easy tips to increase their productivity. Have an email folder. Have lots of different email folders that suit what it is that you're doing so that you have, so that things automate into certain inboxes predicated on the content or who, who is sending those emails. So you would have emails for your media team. You would have email, you have a folder for whatever it is, for finances. Or whatever. So you go, actually, I'm working on finances now. I'm just going to drill through that folder or whatever it is. Um, have a follow-up folder. You know that junk that comes into your inbox that it's like, it's really not important, but you kind of want to read it? Or like someone sends you a blog or an article? Just throw it in the follow-up folder, right? (laughs) And then just follow it up. Another one is to copy yourself into emails, right? So if I'm going to email you, Chris, and I'm not sure if you're going to respond quite away because I don't know what your email culture is like, I'm just going to copy myself into it. And you know where I'm going to put it? Follow-up folder. So then when Chris doesn't respond, I go into my follow-up folder and go, oh, Chris didn't get back to me on that. Hey, Chris, I emailed you last week. Yeah, and then you set your time frame. So, like, my, I call it follow-up Mondays, and I just follow up on all those. That's a good, that's a good hack. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some of this into practice. Don't do it to me, though. I've got another one. Go on. So, um, categorize your tasks into urgent, important, essential, and procedural on a, on a four-way quadrant. The urgent task needs to do that within 24 hours. The important one, two to three days. Essential ones, three to five days. And procedural stuff is just like the admin type stuff that you just don't want to like get it on top of you. So you just do that within seven days. Imagine telling your missus, yeah, this is on my um my four way quadrant, and I'm gonna get back to you three to five days. But it's fine because if if you have that understanding, you communicate that early, and you understand, and your wife understands the reason is behind it. It works. Trust me. I'm about to make okay. a phone call after this. <laughs> hey, hey, love. Um, I need to introduce you to a four-way quadrant whereby (laughs) whereby you will get a response from me on whatsapp (laughs) five to seven days even even though even though we're in the same house i'll respond in five days hey i was in the orchestrator of this this is for uh this is for jazz is jazz is about to end some relationships just help me if my wife goes can you clean up the house yes i'll respond to you (laughs) (laughs) do you guys go do you guys go shopping with your wives like like food shopping. Yeah. I, I don't have a wife, but we we do as the online online. My my brother. Listen, listen. Do you know how long it takes to drive the car to Asda? Or Sainsbury's, or Tesco's, or Iceland, or Audi, or wherever you want to go. It's a game listen, changer. I, I only started doing online shopping in the last year. Same. Dude! Same. And it comes to your door and they like line it up like and they have the separate bags, like the frozen bags on the... Listen. Part of it for us, firstly, you've been to my crib. The Tesco's is not even a five-minute walk. 
right. for one. And then secondly, it's we could obviously you know order it online. Plus, you like to feel the vegetables yourself. And that's it? exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Plumbing that, plumbing that. Um, so, so ripen that, ripen that. But the the other thing is, is part of that process of going going to um, to the supermarket is one is part of the let's go out for the day yeah for sure okay so sure. do you know what the important thing is about that and the fact that you, you felt that you didn't need to justify yourself oh, by the way <laughs> no you didn't need to justify it but the the important the important the, the, the important thing about that is you realize why you're doing it some people just do it through through habit and default yeah. yes yeah. exactly well now it's all about the online shopping i'm sorry i'm oh, not going back mate. Lazy. <laughs> now we're the new black swing we have cleaners we do new online shopping yes time. share butter tissue paper i told you last episode i told you I told you. Okay, fine. Jazz, it's been a pleasure having you here. Likewise. Before you leave, let our listeners know where they can find you on social media and all that good stuff. Um, Instagram is MrRose118. Uh, I've also got Jazz Rose JNC Education. On LinkedIn, just find me on Jazz Rose. And Facebook, just find me as Jazz Rose. And before you go, Jazz's parents are very confident, you know. It's a wicked name, you know. They named <laughs> him after an entire genre of music, bro. <laughs> Imagine like me naming my child Dubstep. Like, do you know... How confident I am as a parent that this child is the special one. I'm calling him Dubstep and he's still going to smash it. I'm calling my son uh, Neo House. <laughs> I'm going to call my child uh, German Trance. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't chill. start this. Nah, you, start yeah, yeah, yeah. you are wild. You are wild. Jazz, again, it's been a pleasure having you. And as the very first guest on Breaking Atoms, I think you have set the tone. Yes. This episode is a game changer. Yes. And... Um, you are a very, very productive person. And not all fun and joke aside, it's just great to see how you've evolved and you've grown and you're just putting so much positivity into the world. I'm very, very proud of you. Proud to be associated with you, to know you and your brother. And you have a platform here on the Breaking Atoms podcast. Come back anytime. Just ring the hotline. I might not get back to you. <laughs> yeah, you 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 know, I might just put you in the in the folder. That's cool. Yeah, the follow up folder, That's right? Cool. But you have a platform here. We appreciate you and much respect. Appreciate it, bro. Summit, you got anything to say? I'm just impressed. We got to have. We should make this a weekly or bi weekly. Now you see, you see, you got other things to do, but still. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what happens, right? We do one good idea and then you rinse it. So I mean, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do it. It's like corner shops and they got to rinse the thing. You said it, not me. Well, I can. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Yet. <laughs> but no, thanks, Jazz, for for coming on, and yeah, definitely been enlightening for me, and yeah, I'm sure the listeners will do the same. Uh, speaking of which, um, if you like this episode, don't forget you can rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. We are still known, new and noteworthy, and um, we're not, you know. Yeah, no, why do you have to say that? No, nah, we have to keep it real. We have to be keep it real. We're not new and noteworthy, but are we not in the sea all bit now? No, nah, we're not in the sea all part, but. We got sponsorships with Audible out here. Yeah, we have a, we You have dig? A... You dig? <laughs> <laughs> New and noteworthy weren't really making no money and paying bills though, was it? Absolutely. Right, right. And, and we are closing in on 20,000 listens on SoundCloud. That's amazing because I remember when I went to a, a, a podcast meeting, they were like, you know, was it only 10, is it 5% of podcasts? Yeah. Crack a thousand plays a month. No, really? Yeah, so we're in the top 5%. We get almost about a thousand episodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Things are rolling, it's rolling, it's rolling. Absolutely, absolutely. So, historic episode. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Break the Atoms. And we'll be back with...